We are super excited about that, and I, I'm, I'm so pumped about our creative team. Uh, everybody's been asking, did we buy that video? That was all done right here in Wichita, Kansas by our creative team. Yeah, they did an awesome job. And, uh, you know, Mark's all jazzed up about this series. We have heard uh, some of the series in our creative team meetings. It's going to be amazing. So really, uh, I'm going to ask you just to be here for the next six weeks, every week, uh, if you can, and just invite someone to come with you as well. It is, is it, it's going to be amazing. There's many invites available as you leave. You can invite your friends and neighbors as well. But today, we're talking about families, and I have a couple wonderful people up on the stage with me. Uh, my wife, Debbie, who we've been married for 33 years she tells me, and we have five kids, uh, grown kids, and uh, seven grandchildren, and number eight is on the way, do any time. If you see me walk off the stage during the message, it means it's time. Uh, no, she's not due to the 28th, but she's measuring 46 weeks. And all the ladies said, whoa. Yeah. So if you want to see this, you can just stop by 252 Theater. Her name is Sarah. She's standing by the door. Uh, but she still has got a few more weeks left, so... Uh, that's my wife, and we're, we've been here at New Spring uh, for a long, 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 long time. And this good-looking guy right here, his name is Daniel Mahana, and he oversees middle school, high school, and uh, prime uh, college-age kids. And so uh, I get to oversee all of family ministry from birth all the way up to 25-year-olds. And we have some passionate staff that helps do that. And that's the one thing I can say about my staff. They are passionate to say yes to the next generation. And that's what we're talking about today. But I'd like to go back just a few years to the start of this odyssey that we're on. In 2006, uh, I was Pastor Hoover's assistant, and I was the missions pastor at that time, and also I was the tech director for this room. What Daniel Dixon does now upstairs for us uh, is what I used to do. And uh, long story short, one afternoon, uh, Mark and I had lunch, and he said, Dan, I really think uh, you should be our children's pastor. And the first response I was, was this just temporary or is this a permanent thing? He said, no, it's permanent. Oh, that's awesome. And uh, we'd love to do that. But I gave him a spiritual answer. I said, let Debbie and I uh, pray for it about a week. And when we get back uh, from spring break with the high school students, I'll give you my answer, which we knew what the answer was already. And the answer was yes. But on our second meeting, I had a list, and I still have that list on my computer. If you go to my computer right now, it's still right there in the top right-hand corner of my computer, because I had a list for Mark and Billy, our executive pastor. And my list was, it went something like this. Uh, first of all, I'm not a babysitter. If you're looking for a professional babysitter, I'm not your guy, no thanks. But if you really want to engage kids and say yes to the next generation and you don't mind me pushing you and asking you for things and asking for buildings and supplies and staff and volunteers and how expensive it is to reach the next generation, then I'm your guy. And Mark says, yeah, that's exactly what I want. So off we went. And so that was in April. So come by May, we had, we had about five or six kids programs running all uh, during the week. Uh, we had a Wednesday night thing. We had a Thursday morning thing. We had something on Saturday once in a while. Then we had our Sunday thing. And we had children's church, children's choir, handbell choirs, you name it. We had it for kids. And we were very thin across the board as far as volunteers, budgets, spaces to meet, uh, you know, and all that stuff. And so in May, we made the big decision, which was to stop all the kids' programs and relaunch what we know today as Kids World. We're going to do one thing and do it well, and we're going to do it on the weekend. And every time we add a service, Kids World is going to be up and running at the same time. 
And so that's what we did. In 2006, September, we launched Kids World, and we were, not ex- we, we were just overwhelmed by the growth. We went the first year, we had over 100% growth, and it grew from having 100 kids to, uh, it was in 2008, we finally hit 1,000 kids that were coming on a regular basis. And now, birth through high school, we have about 2,000 kids that show up every weekend. Yeah, that's a bunch, ain't it? But here's the thing. We couldn't do that without the volunteers that we have. And as of uh, Friday night when I went to go home, I had my wife look it up. And currently, we have 563 volunteers that help us every weekend to pull off this ministry. So can we give those guys a big hand for what they do? So there's a, there's a couple things that Mark says that I love. And this is just extra bonus points. It's not uh, you know, really uh, something that's a note. But uh, this is what he tells me all the time. If we have an extra nickel, let's spend it on kids. Don't you love that? I mean, I thought our church business cards should say that on the bottom of them because that is awesome. But that's the way Mark feels. He feels we should say yes to the next generation, that we should be telling these kids they can have a better life if they put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ and what he did for them. And that is what we're all about here at New Spring Church. The other thing we like to say around here is we put the pill of learning in the pudding of fun. Now, if you haven't downloaded the New Spring app, you can right now, and you can take all these notes so you can email them yourself so you don't forget them. But here's the thing. We teach your kids about being obedient to their moms and dads, and all moms and dads said amen, right? But we could do that in a very boring way, or we could do that in a very fun way so they would learn and grasp it. And that is what our mission is as a family ministry here at New Spring Church. For us, it's all right to say we're going to have fun when we get to church. We want fun to be a priority. A couple other of our priorities. One, we always want to have safe and secure environments, and we always want them super clean. And that we work on that every week. That is a big thing to us, a very big thing to us. But let's get to the message portion of what I'm going to do. Then these two guys, I'm going to kind of give you a big overview of like we're flying at 40,000 feet you know, where all the land looks neat and nice. These guys are going to be like crop dusters. They're going to fly low, and they're going to tell you what your kids, grandkids, have been learning and what we want them to learn as a family ministry. So here's the scripture in Luke chapter... Luke. (laughs) I was just teaching that a couple weeks ago. In Deuteronomy chapter 6, this is Moses talking to the people of Israel, the children of Israel. You know, they were in captivity. They came out. All that stuff happened, the Ten Commandments. They were wandering around the desert for 40 years. But now they're ready to go to the promised land. And Moses says, okay, everybody come together, all these thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people, aunts, uncles, grandparents, grandmas, mothers and dads, church leaders, all that stuff. Let's come together. And this is what he tells them. He says, listen up, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord alone, and you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. And you must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commands that I'm giving you today. Repeat them again and again and again and again and again and again. That's a Dan Kubish version. To your children. Talk about them when you're at home and when you're on the road or stuck in the New Spring parking lot and you can't get out for 10 minutes. When you are going to bed and when you are getting up. So here's the thing. I mean, and the verse goes on to say, tie them as a a bracelet around your wrist. And back in the day, they would put a leather strap and they would put the scripture and commands of God in these little pouches around their wrist and up on their forehead. 
And God says through Moses, do that so you don't forget them. And then write them on the doorpost of your house. So all the time, every time, all day long, you're talking to your kids about what God has done for them and how much he loves them and what he wants for their life. See, here's the thing. This scripture is not a lecture to your kids. It is a lifestyle. Parents, grandparents, when you're teaching kids, it's not a lecture to them. It's a lifestyle that they see that you have led that keeps them in the faith. So here's the things that we know from that scripture. Here's some big things that I want you to know as a family dude to everybody in the room. And this is for everybody. Everybody knows a kid, the neighbor across the street, your favorite cousin or whatever. Everybody knows kids. So here it goes. What happens at home is more important than what happens at church. And you might say, well, Dan, you're standing in the middle of the church and you're making that statement. That's exactly right. Here's the thing. Parents, grandparents, you are the spiritual champions for your kids. Unfortunately, the church cannot be, and here's why. According to studies, parents have 3,000 teachable hours. There's 3,000 hot tamales in here. 3,000 teachable hours in a year with their kids. 3,000. But the church has less than 40. So we cannot teach your kids to be spiritual champions. We can help, and that's the whole point of what we're doing today. We want to be part of your circle. We want to be at your table. We want to be part of your friendship, and we want to help you, but we know we can't be the main influence in your child's life. But here's the secret. We want to influence the people that have the influence, and that's what today is all about. So, as we go on, here's another thing that's big to us as a family ministry. And you can put student in there and say, a kid, if you like, it, it doesn't matter to us. Every kid is made in the image of God. Every year, twice a year, sometimes three year, times a year, we talk about creation to kids. Because here's the thing. We believe that God created them. They weren't a mistake. They, it wasn't just by chance. God knows everything about them. He knows whether they have red hair, blue hair, whether they have freckles or no freckles. God knows them because he created them. The Bible says that he knitted them together in their mom's tummy. And we want to know you are a created being by a loving God, and there's a purpose for your life. And that makes a total difference in a kid's life when they know they're supposed to be here. And there's a God that knows all about them. That's a big deal. And then we go on. Uh, with all their heart and soul and strength and trust Jesus to have a better future. We tell kids all the time, you need to make the wise choice. If you make the wise choice, you'll have a better life. And here's the other thing. Uh, we want to talk about phases. And today, when Daniel gets up here, Miss Debbie gets up here, we're going to use the word phase a lot. And a lot of times when you hear that, you say it in a negative term. Oh, it's just a phase, they'll get over it. You know, but what we want to say, it's just a phase, so don't miss it. So our definition of a phase is a phase is a time frame in a kid's life when you can leverage distinctive opportunities to influence a kid's future. That is what we're all about here at New Spring Church. It's all about phases and how to reach those kids in that phase of life. So here we go. You ready? It's just a phase, so don't miss it.
I love that video. It reminds me what, what I love about being a parent. So let me just give you a little background about what really gets my fire going about kids' ministry and about influencing the next generation. See, when I was a young mom in my early 20s, I was in a conversation with another friend who was also uh, just you know pretty newly married. We both were married. Dan and I had started our family, but she and her husband had not started their family yet. And she said something to me in that conversation that has stuck with me since then, over 30 years. And um, it's really kind of became a challenge to me because here's what she said. She said, we're just not sure we want to bring a child um, into this world with the way things are today. Now, I knew what she meant because I know that kids face a lot of struggles in the world that we're in today. There's a lot of things that are really difficult for them. But in my mind, I was thinking, that's exactly why I do want to have kids. That's exactly why I want a parent. That's exactly why I want to take the opportunity to invest in influencing the next generation so that maybe we can make this world better. So let me just give you a little bit of an example. Well, you see, from that day forward, I, I, it was like my, you know, my goal as a parent, and not just as a parent, but it was like it became my purpose in life to put influence and, and invest in the next generation. So I, I just want to give you an example of one way that I do that, because now I'm a grandma. All our kids are out of the house. We're empty nesters, but our grandkids all live around us, and every Thursday is Grammy Day. So all of them get to come over, all seven. We have a great time, but it is never ever about babysitting. Never, Grammy Day is never about me babysitting my grandkids. It's about me having the opportunity to invest in their lives, to let them know that I love them, that God loves them, and that he has a purpose for their life that they can live out. So um, with that said, let's talk about how the church and parents can connect in raising kids to know and love God. So um, we have an event called Baby Dedication, celebration. And, and even though the babies are super, super cute, it's really not about the babies. It's about 
parents dedicating themselves to leading their children to know and love God. So we do something a little bit unconventional. We ask parents to actually do some homework before they come to baby dedication. We do that because we want them to start thinking intentionally about their role as parents. So the first thing we ask them to do is we ask them to imagine the end. We want them, they start their, they start, uh, when they're holding that brand new baby in their arms, they start that child's life with 936 weeks of influence before that child becomes an adult and will probably be heading out the door off into their own lives. And so we want them to think about during those 936 weeks, what do I want to how do I want to influence my kid? What, what characteristics do I want to develop? What skills do I want to impart? What legacy do I want to leave? Those are the things we want parents to start thinking about. And the other thing we ask them to do for their homework is we ask them to think about widening their circle. And what that means, that's just following up on what dad was talking about in the verses in Deuteronomy. He was, you know, it's, it's a whole community that gets together to raise a child. Parents, if they try to do it on their own without any help, they're going to struggle, but they could bring along other extended family members, friends, and hopefully the church can be part of that circle. That's our goal, to be part of the circle. And so we start at the very youngest age, from birth up through kids when they start school. What are they looking for? They're looking for security. So in our environments, here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna embrace their physical needs. We want kids to know that their needs will be met. When kids are born, they need everything done for them. By the time they get to the end of this phase, they think they can do everything for themselves. But all throughout this phase, we're teaching three very important things. And they're right here on these charts back here. We're teaching them that God made them, God loves them, and Jesus wants to be their friend forever. Every time they come, from the youngest baby, we're cuddling and nurturing them, letting them know that there's love in this place and that God loves them. The, the toddlers, we play with them. We have a great time with them. But even then, we're beginning with the big three. God made you. God loves you. Jesus wants to be your friend forever. By two-year-old, they're engaging in worship. They're having puppet skits, Bible stories. They're learning that there is a God who loves them unconditionally. When they move into Adventure Avenue and turn three, the teaching gets even more intentional because along with the large group sessions where they have all those skits and Bible stories, they have a small group time where they get to hear how they can actually apply the things that they've learned in the Bible story into their own lives. And here's the really cool thing. If kids come at the same weekend, at the same service time every weekend, they will be placed in a small group with the same leader and the same kids that are coming at the same time. So they begin to form a bond, a relationship with those leaders. So I can't say that without giving a shout out to our volunteers. Dan talked a little bit about how great our volunteers are, but you know we couldn't do a ministry like this without volunteers, a ministry where volunteers say, yes, I want to pour into some specific kids' lives. I want to be another voice beside their family saying the same thing their family is saying, that God made them, God loves them, Jesus wants to be their friend forever. Here's the really cool thing about our volunteers, and I'm saying this when I'm talking about Baby Bay and Adventure Avenue because this is where it's most prevalent. We have seen some return on our investment. Kids World started in 2006. So it's 2018. There are some kids that have gone all the way through Kids World. There are some kids now that are in middle school, high school, and even have graduated having gone through Kids World. And you know what? They are investing in the next generation. They are 
They are volunteering right now back in Baby Bay and Adventure Avenue. There are a bunch of middle school, high school, and college-age students investing in the lives of kids just the way some others invested in their lives when they were going through that time. So that is so cool. Um, we're really excited about that. And there's one other great thing that we're getting ready to start called um, Kids at Heart. It's for a, a little bit older generation, my generation, grandparents who maybe, maybe can't be here every single weekend. Maybe your grandkids don't live close and you're looking to in, invest in some other kids' lives like, they, like you would like to in your grandkids' lives. And so we're starting a, a, a part of our ministry called Kids at Heart. That's an option for for people who maybe would just like to be a support to our Kids World team, so you can think about that. But anyway, from the time a baby is born until they turn, go, are heading into first grade, they've had a chance to hear hundreds of times here at Kids World that God made me, God loves me, and Jesus wants to be my friend forever. You know, they start life with 936 weeks for parents to influence them and us to influence them. By the time they are three years old, it's down to 780 weeks. But buckle your seatbelt because when they move into elementary school, into first grade, it's down to 624 weeks left for parents and, and the church to influence them before they're heading out the door into to their own lives. So um, elementary age students, let's talk about them for a minute because they are some of my favorite people. I love elementary kids. Now here's the thing. Elementary kids are brutally honest. Yes, they are. But they are also unconditionally loving. They just love. They love the leaders. They love, they love what goes on in kids' world. They're, they're excited. They just want to have fun. They want to be there, and they want to be where things are happening. So uh, the thing about elementary age is there starts to be a little bit of competition for their influence. I mean, they start to have, meet more friends at school. They have teachers and coaches. There are a lot of other people who are part of their lives now. So parents need to continually stay focused on what they want, what's their purpose, what do they want to see, how do they imagine the end. And the church wants to continue to be a part of that. We want to be a part of pouring into those kids' lives. Now, this is really cool. We have an amazing verse that is our theme verse for this age group, the first through fourth graders. And it's actually how 252 got the name, 252 Theater, because it's in Luke 252. It says this, and Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. So here's what we're trying to do at the elementary age. We're trying to find ways to engage their interests. We're trying to see if we can let kids grow up the way that Jesus grew up. What a better example could we have than Jesus himself? So from that verse... Come three big ones. Here they are. I love these. I can trust God no matter what. I need to make the wise choice, and I should treat others the way I want to be treated. Every single week when a child comes to 252 Theater, they're going to hear Bible stories that relate back to at least one of those big three things. But in 252 Theater, we don't just tell Bible stories. We do our best to make the stories come to life. We have fun. We bring kids on the stage and let them participate. We play games. We do um, things that make them use their imagination. From the moment they walk in the door, we are engaging them. We are letting them meet with leaders. We're letting them meet other friends. We're, we're piquing their interest with activities. We're keeping them busy and, and letting them have fun. We're, we're letting them use their curiosity. We have such a great time in 252. And again, 
If a child comes, the same service every weekend, they're going to be put in a small group where they get a chance to be with the same leader and the same kids. Those small groups are designed for them to think about how what they're learning can be applied to their own lives. How can they trust God no matter what? How can they make wise choices? How can they treat others the way they want to be treated? Hopefully, they're going to be making bonds, great bonds, great friendships that will last, who knows, maybe even a lifetime. Well, we only have about 40 hours a year, you've heard that, so here's our goal. We wanna provide some tools that parents can use outside of our weekend doors where they can just influence their kids. So one of the things we do is called family experiences. We have them for all ages. As a matter of fact, you, you may have heard in the announcements, we have one coming up this week on Thursday for our youngest ones. Uh, Baby Bay is having a parent day in the Bay. Parents get to come along with their little one, age three and under. You get to hear what your kids have been learning. You get to have a great time playing with them, getting to meet their leaders. We have another um, Kids World FX. It's our back to school FX coming up a week from Friday on the 24th of August. We're going to fill up this auditorium with families who want to have fun. It's a blast. You know what? If you don't even have kids, go ahead and come. It's okay. We have a lot of people who do that. But why don't you invite a family who does have kids if you come? So there's another thing that I want to tell you about that it's a great tool for parents to have when they want to follow up with what their kids have been learning here. And it's called the Parent Q app. And rather than me telling you about it, we created a video. So watch this. The ParentQ app gives every parent something to do each week to help move their child toward a deeper faith and a better future. To get started, search ParentQ in your app store and download the app. Then sign up for an account. Once you've put in your initial information and verified that your email address is correct, then log in and sync with our church to make sure your app sends you notifications specific to our ministry. Then it'll be time to add your child. Put in your child's information, their name, birthday, and grade. You can even add a current picture then repeat this step for every child in your family. Each week in the app, you'll get an outline of things your child learned over the weekend. You'll even get a video version of the Bible story so you can review it with your son or daughter. Or if your child misses church, you can watch the video together to stay up to date with what they're being taught. Turn on ParentQ push notifications to receive short, helpful messages each week that give insight into your child's stage of life. You can also read blog posts and listen to podcasts specifically designed to help you parent with intentionality. Grandparents, you can even get in on the fun. Just add your grandchildren to the app and you can be another voice in your grandchild's life, teaching them the same concepts they're learning at church and from their parents. When a child hears the same message from several different role models in their life, it helps them solidify what they believe. ParentQ is just one more way we want to partner with you to raise great kids who love God and love others. So uh, my wife and I, we have three kids and another one due in about seven weeks. So we are in it. It is a lot of fun. Uh, and we actually use that app. It's really helpful and, and awesome. So if you are a parent or a grandparent or you know a kid, uh, just download it. It'd be fun to play with. So um, I, when I first started working here, I worked specifically with middle school students. And it's so funny because occasionally uh, people would ask me what I do for a living. And I tell them I work with middle schoolers. And a lot of times their first response would be like, oh, well, I'm sorry. You know, like that was a response. And I realized that there was this like general negative perspective on the middle school phase of life. And I get those people are trying to be funny, but I think that's how most people perceive middle school. And I understand why, because when you think about your middle school experience, a lot of us have tried to block that out of our memory, right? It is a, it is a scary time. Okay, here's a, here's a picture of me in middle school. These are my middle school years. Thank you for not laughing. Okay, I was really nervous there for a minute. I thought, okay, uh, but it's ridiculous, isn't it? You look back and you, we don't show people these pictures because we cringe a little bit. We're 
we're nervous about our middle school experience. We try to forget what happened. I mean, for starters, there's, there's just so much happening. I mean, your body's changing. I woke up one morning and all my jeans were now capris, like they were manpris, or I, which might be cool now. I really have no idea what's cool, but back then it was like, what are you, prepared for a flood? You know, like it wasn't, it was not a cool thing. And so my body just, I was going through growth, growth spurts. I think I had, you know, I still have stretch marks on my back from growing so fast. I don't know what was happening, but as a kid, you're like, what is, what is wrong with me? You know, there's so much happening. And I mean, everything in middle school is inconsistent. Every day is new and different. Your body, your mind, your emotions are on a roller coaster. And what I've discovered about middle school is that it is a crisis, okay? For all the students going into middle school, it's a crisis. And also, probably for a lot of parents, they're like, we don't know who this kid is anymore. We don't know what to do because there's so much happening. I mean, it's the phase of life when everything is crazy, right? I mean, the, their interests and their abilities change. Uh, uh, the, the friends become best friends. It's a crazy time of year. They enter this new social context just in time for their bodies to out, outgrow their coordination, for hormones to kick in, uh, and for their brain to become a new tangle of synopses. You know, they're, they're, the values that they've had for a long time begin to come into question. Um, it's a time of heightened self-awareness. I mean, everything is just kind of crazy in this time. They're, they're no longer children. They're teens, they're tweens, they're preteens. I mean, it's a, it's a crazy phase of life. And not only that, but friends become best friends. There's never enough food in the refrigerator. Parents aren't cool anymore. You know, it's cool to have choices, but it's not cool to have to answer questions. This is the phase all about identity. And they're asking big questions like, do I have friends? And who do I like? Who cares about me? Who do I want to be? And so what we have discovered about middle schoolers is this, is that they are motivated by acceptance, right? If you want to motivate a middle schooler, you need, we need to remind them that, hey, you know what? You, you're valuable and you matter. You were created in the image of God. That is a huge thing. And so as a ministry who wants to really, you know, see middle schoolers in what I believe them to be the most important phase of a person's life, you know, for so many reasons, uh, we want to come alongside them and we want to affirm their personal journey. We want to partner with parents so that we can encourage students and realize, you know, I, I think affirming students in their middle school phase of life is probably the, is the most important thing we could do. It's huge. And I really believe that it's necessary if we want to see students do what we want so badly is to own their faith and to value a faith community. That's why we work so hard every single weekend to create an environment that's specifically for middle schoolers because we want them to begin to take ownership of their faith through what we call kind of our big three. They're back here on the board. These are so important. We want students to own these, that I will love God because he will never stop loving me. I'm gonna follow Jesus because he knows me better than I know myself and I'm gonna live out God's story so other people can know who Jesus is. That is so huge to us. And so again, like I said, that's cultivated through a really dynamic environment with worship and, and games and fun and a talk, but it all celebrates and sets up our small group culture. A small group, as you've heard before, is just is a consistent group of students that meet with the purpose of growing in their relationship with God and growing in their relationship with other people. And a small group leader who are incredible people, some of them are in this room, I can see you, you're my heroes, we love you. They are just, they're volunteers who actually, they commit to four years of, of walking with the same group of students from fifth grade through eighth grade so they can build relationships. These are the kind of people that give up a few vacation days to go to summer camp with us and spend time with 400 middle schoolers. They're the kind of people who show up predictably every single weekend and outside these walls they connect with families and they get to know their names and their stories uh, they they want to just encourage authentic faith these are amazing people and we have you know some that are 50 we have some that are 20 we have a high school small group leaders they're small group leaders that are parents of middle schoolers they're incredible people who just love the next generation I mean, and, and they're trained and they're empowered to partner with parents and partner with families we want to honor the parent we want to help reinforce the family. We want to come alongside the parent and cue them in important moments. 
All of this we do because we want to be that strong, extra voice of influence that students begin to look towards. It's that phase of life when they really become influenced by other people. And we want to come alongside parents and say, hey, we, want, we can do more together. So that when middle schoolers look back on their middle school experience, they don't cringe as much. They actually would rejoice because uh, that was the season of life when they owned their faith. And we want parents who will look back on that season of time that they have with their middle schoolers and have it be filled with more, I'm so glad I did kind of moments and memories instead of, man, I wish I would have kind of memories. That is our a passion for middle schoolers. I think it's a crucial phase of life. And we have so many amazing people that love them. So maybe you're not a parent of a middle schooler or you or don't, but if you probably know one or if you've ever seen one, okay, they, you should be a part because it's an incredible journey. Now, high school is when it gets really interesting. Here's what I've discovered about high school. High school means higher stakes, right? This is the ministry when, I mean, the people, they, when freshmen get into high school, I mean, everything's, it's a lot harder. They're asking difficult questions. They're talking about their future. This is the, the phase of life when friendships begin to shift a little bit and grades really count. And their interests and their abilities have changed so much. They have to constantly explain, hey, this is who I am now, right? I mean, the, the middle school is kind of like that wet cement in, in, in their minds and their personality. When you get into high school, like it solidifies it. This is the phase of life when they're pushing the limits a little bit. They're, they're trying to expand their life experience and maybe even being a little bit rebellious. Not that any in here, anyone in this room knows what that's like. I never did that. Uh, we try to do that, you know. Uh, they want to matter now. They want to live the life that they feel like they were born to live, and they do not want to wait to start. They're looking for something significant to do. They're looking for adventure. And that is why when it comes to high school ministry, here's what we've come to understand and believe, is that they're motivated by freedom, right? When you look at high schools, I mean, I've seen so many high schoolers who just do so much. They just want to do something now. They want to matter now. And so knowing that they're motivated by freedom as a ministry, coming alongside, partnering with families, here's what we want. We want, we want to mobilize their potential. Right? We want to grab onto that momentum and say, you know what, we're going to give you an opportunity and a platform to serve and, and lead your peers and do something significant because we want to help you continue to keep pursuing an authentic faith and discover a personal mission. That is our hope. And so all of this, again, is designed in our environments, and we try to make a great environment for them every single week where they have small groups. Small group leaders, again, make a four-year commitment from freshmen to seniors, and they just walk alongside these students and families and help them navigate these crazy seasons of life. We want students to graduate believing these three things back here. These are so huge. I mean, if every high school grabbed a hold of this, it would change the world. I'm created to pursue a relationship with my creator. I trust that what Jesus did to transform who I need to become, and I exist to demonstrate God's love to the world around me. Again, we try to cultivate that in everything we do, and we try to give students opportunities to lead and serve. But in fact, last night in our high school ministry, we had a student share her story. I see students leading worship. I see students serving coffee. I love it. They're changing the world. And so our hope, that is our hope and our passion for high school. But it doesn't end there. We don't want to be the kind of church that says, hey, when these weeks run out, good luck, you're on your own. We want to be a church that comes alongside them and navigates what I believe to be the prime of a person's life, which is why we have a ministry called Prime for young adults, 18 and 25. In fact, if you are 18 and 25, we're meeting tonight, 6.30 in the student center. There's food, free food, okay? You, if you're college, you probably have no money, so come get some free food, okay? Uh, I'm just kidding. We love you. But it's an awesome opportunity. We, we want to come alongside them because here's the deal. I remember my 20s, and there was a, it was a waiting period. There was a lot of times where I didn't know what I was doing. We want to come along and, hey, and help them make the most of it and get them connected to other people who are doing life together so they can grow spiritually and impact their workplaces and impact their colleges and actually live their prime for Jesus. Bottom line is this, our goal for the next generation is that they would love God, that they would live different. 
and that they would lead the way. That is our passion. And more importantly, we wanna partner with parents. We can't do this without you. We can do more together. We wanna partner with parents and come alongside you and reach a generation for Jesus. And our prayer is that God will raise up a generation that is bold and courageous for him and does big things in this world. So when I think about young adults and students, this is the verse I think about. Don't let anyone look down on you because you're young, but set an example for the believers in speech and conduct and love and faith and impurity. Paul wrote this to Timothy, who was this young leader leading people that were a lot older than him. And I think he was encouraging them, hey, you know what, don't fall into the stereotypes that the world puts you in. These guys may not think you can handle it, but God doesn't call the equipped, he equips the called. One, one person said that, I don't know who it was, but that's a great quote, and Paul was just encouraging them, hey, don't fall into stereotypes, don't settle for less. Instead, you show people what God can do with the generation who says yes to him and is willing to lead by example. That is my prayer and our hope for the generation. But from babies to toddlers to elementary to middle school to high school, we just want all those students, we want families to know they are just phases. Make the most of it, don't miss it. Check this out. Well, in just 30 minutes, we took you 18 years from birth to graduation from high school, and it's phases, and we don't want you to miss it. But as we wrap up today, just some key things, and one thing I, I just want to relate to you. When we started this thing, uh, you know, we had these big threes for every area, and I have said, I've been planted in 252 for a long time, and every week we would say, I can trust God no matter what. 
make wise choices, treat others the way you want to be treated. We say those over and over again. And, and it was about a year after we started this Kids World thing that um, I was, had contact with a lady, and she said, I want to tell you a, a story. She said, uh, we went to church today, and she said, when we got home, there was a note on our kitchen table from my husband saying that he was leaving our family, and he left. She said, I have no job. I've, I've, I don't have any extra money. And she said, our world came crashing down. She said, I sat at the table and wept over that letter. And my eight-year-old son came up to me and put his little eight-year-old hand on her shoulder and said, Mom, we can trust God no matter what. We can trust God no matter what. And she said, thank you for all the small group leaders, all the worship leaders, all the check-in people, all the storytellers, all the puppeteers, everybody that had an influence on my kid's life that he could go back and authentic his faith to something that is rock solid, that he could trust God no matter what, even if it meant his dad leaving them high and dry. And you can be a part of that. We want you to say yes to the next generation. We want you to say yes. We, would some of you be willing to give an extra hour a week to reach the next generation? You can do that by just filling out that card in front of you. Mark, hey, I want to be a volunteer. And maybe you don't like kids. You can volunteer in the coffee shop or guest services, you know? <laughs> but here's the thing. We need to say yes. And so here's some quick things that we're going to go over. One is parents, we want you to fill your toolbox. We want you to download that app, that ParentQ app. Use it, use it. Grandparents, you need to do the same thing. Also, guys, we need to be consistent. The best thing you can do for your kids, listen to me, grandparents and parents, listen to me. If you don't get anything of this whole message, get this. You need to be consistent. You need to be intentional. If you could bring your child the same service every week, it would make a huge difference in their lives because they are signed up by small group leaders and that small group leader, that adult, will say the same thing that you're saying into your child's life. And there'll be a time in your child's life when they don't want to talk to you, but there's another adult that's saying the same thing that you would have said if you had that chance with your kids. So be consistent. Try really hard to come to the same service at the same time. And the last thing we've already talked about, volunteer. Be a part of the family of God to influence the next generation. You'll be glad you did. Now, quickly, as we wrap up, a couple things. All this information that we gave you up here, there's books that we have in the bookstore. There's one for every phase of life, from birth all the way to 18 years of age. You can buy these, I think, three for $10 or one for 12. They're in the bookstore. This particular one is for four-year-olds. If you want to know what your four-year-old is going to be like, uh, this book is for you. But they're in the bookstore. And also, as you leave at all the guest services stations throughout the whole campus, you'll see what you see up here in condensed form. Plus, there's a lot of more stuff on the back. And it'll tell you your roadmap for your kids at New Spring Church. But parents, we'd love to partner with you. We'd love to have a seat at your table. And for the rest of you, we'd love for you to say yes to the next generation by volunteering and helping to reach the next generation for God. Thank you for being here. God bless you. Next week, we start Clash of Dynasties. Don't miss it. We'll see you later. Thank you, folks.